Welcome back. As always, where some use tomatoes and others use thumbs, we use the stuff that gets you drunk. Oh no. Oh no, I, I messed it up. There it goes. <laughs> Who was trying to prompt me for so long to do the catchphrase and he messed it up? How does that happen? <laughs> All right. So, Jordan, let's throw to you for your review of Aquaman 2. Yeah, uh, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, you know, nothing I nothing I really disliked about it, but I just couldn't figure out why I didn't like this movie that much. Um, it was it was just fine. You know, uh, I, I like in movies when, you know, you know maybe Aquaman isn't the, the hero that we want, but he's the hero that we need. Because I love in movies when climate change is the real villain because it is so topical. Um, costumes were awesome in this especially in the beginning the opening sequence which is really stupid uh the, the his costume just looks awesome and uh, black manta that's his name right yeah you got yeah, it. not just call okay uh, <laughs> yeah i'm just not calling a guy black manta just because right just because yeah <laughs> his costume was awesome a lot of the costume work looked really cool in the movie you know the action is just a little jerky for me. The camera work during the fight sequences and all that, it, it was a bit shaky and you can't really tell what's going on for, I don't know why um, they do that a lot. Um, some of the banter comes off just a little garbled and, and uh, they talk, maybe talk a little bit too fast sometimes, especially Jason Momoa. You, and he uses a lot of um, uh, like Samoan. I don't know the proper word for the language. If Lang. it's just Samoan. Uh, yeah, yeah, slang and, and vernacular and stuff like that, that it just, he doesn't say it slow enough, so you kind of just sounds like you're missing what he, like a word that he's saying that you should understand. And, and vernacular sounds like a pop band we've never heard of. It's not your vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and for some reason, there's a sequence that's pretty cool, honestly, it's a decent sequence where they're in this pirate haven thing trying to find some dirt on the bad guy. And uh, it goes, evolves and devolves into chaos. And then for some reason, when they're making their great escape, there's this weird aquatic creature woman and she starts singing. Oh, like a siren? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what to make of it, but I was like, oh God, please don't break out into like a full song sequence because it really felt like it was going there for about a half second. You're talking about the sunken citadel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like my favorite scene of the movie. No, it was a cool scene, but just that <laughs> little sequence there. I was like, wait, wait, what, what, what's going on here? Like, I don't. Yeah, I didn't get it. And Patrick, what's his face? Patrick. Uh, Patrick Wilson just doesn't fit. He never. He's fit. got. He no, he doesn't fit. He's got a weird. And it's he's in another movie that I'm going to be reviewing this week. Um, he, yeah, he's just got a weird. Vibe. suburban dad face that just doesn't fit there's something about him i've always thought this too like every movie he's in i'm like he sure this is the best casting he's, he's not like a bad a actor it's like a poor man's keanu reeves face okay yeah mm -hmm. um i give this movie i see 
I don't want to bomb it because it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't great. I give it a popcorn and one. Okay. <laughs> popcorn and one. I gave it a popcorn and one as well, Jordan. So we're the yeah. same here. And yeah. what I'm going to say is at the very beginning, uh, we can either take over and go to war or stay hidden and die. Seemed like a silly ultimatum right at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, no, our only two options is stay hidden and die due to the pollution or we go to war. That's it. That's all we can do. No other options. I was like, they go to war against the clouds, or no, go to war against the surface again. Like, so we're right back to we should go to war against the surface. And and what uh, Jason Moe's character proposes, like, hey, let's negotiate, let's combine our sciences and try to save the earth. And like, no, we either die one way or we die the other. Those are our only options. And I was like, why are those the only options? Getting hit by a submarine uh, seems like a different level of pain. When you get hit by a submarine, I feel like it should be a bit more intense. I feel like a submarine is a big vessel to hit you, and there's some funny scenes there. Uh, it's very heavily edited, and you could you could tell in a lot of sequences that it's very heavily edited. Like yeah. I was, yeah, I was telling Josh earlier, Jordan, that you could totally tell that they cut out a ton of Amber Heard. Amber Heard, like, yeah, you could they, totally tell. They it's could like mid, mid sentence cut the scene. <laughs> like it's kind of like that. No, like you're not far far off. There are some scenes where you're like, I mean, you could you could just leave some of this in. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's weird because there's a dynamic where she's like super present throughout, especially for like uh, Atlantis Kingdom stuff. Yeah, but it's it makes it seem like she's totally absent. Like like he's raising the child, his child by himself on the surface. Yeah, because they they cut out a lot of that stuff. I, I I'm sure that's why, but it it made it seem really weird. Jordan, would you agree that like total, if you timed Amber Heard's time in the movie, it's like five to ten minutes? Mm. Yeah. You took out a stopwatch every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was closer totally to five. Crazy. Closer to five. Yeah, it was so crazy. I was <laughs> yeah. like, dang, they really like minimized her time in this film. Was yeah. she made by the second, or what was going on here? She shows up and makes like an angry face yeah. for like a few seconds, or shows up and makes like a really sad, scared face for a few seconds, and that's about it. Makes a water tornado for about three seconds. And it's yeah, all... <laughs> yeah. You know the thing She's about got... it though is like, I, I, uh, all the controversy, blah blah blah. I get all that, but like, if you think about it, she doesn't even need to be in the first movie. She was so extraneous. There's no need for her character. Well, she's the fiance of the Ocean Master, Patrick Wilson. So okay. I mean, and she plays a pretty heavy role in the comic books. So in the comic books, sure, but in the movies, it just really felt like we need a girl character. Stop. Why are you hating on women right now? I'm not. I'm <laughs> saying they could have made her a better character. <laughs> you're, you're, they could have just recast her. I mean, I, mean I guess it was too late. But <laughs> You're imposing on my uh, take from another movie that, that I led, that I come to, the conclusion I've come to. But uh, the prison guards and the prison where the Ocean Master is being held reminds mm. me of like Dark Crystal or the Labyrinth. Like the, mm. the style of costume and their, mm. like, the way they looked. I was like, oh my gosh. This is like the Ninja Turtles from the '90s, their costumes, like look kind of cool. You liked it? I, I thought they were kind of cool. I didn't mind it, but it totally reminded me of like those '80s like style costumes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it was yeah. kind of funny as he goes, after the waters dried up, they survived living on blood only. And then there's a scene, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, where they're trying to escape, right? Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa's Aquaman, and as they're trying to sh escape, they shoot out into the desert. And there's water like water blood. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are they surviving on blood? There's, there's legitimately water right there. They <laughs> right? just 
They just took a liking to it. <laughs> That's what happened. Like, uh, we're into vampirism. Like, yeah. I was, when that they popped out and you could see the ocean, I was like, this makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the water's all the way over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like they were led by a couple stoners or drunks, and they were like, no, man, you go to the ocean oh, first. It's so far away. <laughs> well, why would we do that when we could just survive on blood? Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you think. Uh, <laughs> Did you catch who the leader of the Sunken Citadel was? Who that was voiced by? No. It was Martin was it? Short. Oh, really? Okay. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, it was Martin Short, Josh. Martin Short. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I was like, no Definitely. wonder I really like that character. Because I said uh, Aquaman's Jabba the Hutt character. Is what yeah. I said. <laughs> he had a good comedic timing. Yes. Uh <laughs> The, the director definitely wanted to send a message, and one of the quotes that I wrote down was, you've let your prejudices stop you from enjoying half the world. And that actually spoke to me on a real level, because I meet so mm. many people that are so prejudiced of other cultures that they don't go, like, and dive into those cultures and enjoy those cultures. And, like, like if you've known somebody that's like, oh, I can't stand Hispanic people, so I'm not going to eat Hispanic food, you're like, yo, you're <laughs> stupid. That's, like, the yo, best food. you're dumb, <laughs> dude. Nachos, <laughs> yeah. dog? Yeah, give me tacos, give me burritos, give me like, give me no. anything. Their soups, their stews are so much more flavorful. I just want to <laughs> sit in this desert and drink blood. <laughs> yeah. So, so that one I thought was awesome. But anyway, Josh, I gave it a pop and one as I said, and it was your drunk classic, and you gave us a Matthew Lillard classic. What was it? Sex and violence. Sex and violence. Sex and violence. Uh, SLC Punk was the movie we watched. SLC Punk. It's Salt Lake City Punk movie yes. about the uh, 1980s punk scene. And I didn't. I, I meant to look it up. I'm assuming there's got to be a lot of it that's kind of true to life. I'm I'm assuming, but maybe not. Either way, it felt very uh, authentic. And it's just a movie about Matthew Lillard and his best friend being punks. And uh, it's a coming of age. It had that obligatory line. And it was the rest of our lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit corny. It's got some, like I said uh, last week, it's an intentionally pretentious movie. Like it, it's an examination of what it's like to be punk, what it's like to tie yourself onto a cause or uh, be young and stupid and then realize things are real, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this movie is just as good as I remember it being. It's a popcorn and two movie for me. The crowning jewel that makes it a popcorn and two is... Um, Spoiler, the best friend dies. Matthew Lillard has like one of the best reactions to his best friend dying. That's it's just honestly Oscar worthy level of grief that he experienced. And that's just the end of the movie. The funny parts were funny, the party parts were party ish. And uh, I, I love the movie. Matthew Lillard is a killer. And seeing it as an adult is much different than seeing it as a early 20s or high school kid because you catch the real the real message, which is like, sometimes you just got to grow up and you can, you can fight the system from within. You, you know, you're not selling out, you're buying in, blah, blah, blah. Good movie. You know what? His dad was my favorite character in the movie. His it's dad was like, <laughs> <laughs> women in Salt Lake City, son, they just, they just suck, right? Yes. <laughs> so miserable. The way he talked to his so... ex-wife. F you, dear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great sequence, great scene there. The Porsche in the Porsche, like all of it made me laugh. Like every time, and it's, he was right. He he discovers he's like, you know what, my dad had it figured out the whole time. I guess I was my dad. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the Bob character was funny with the the uh, uh, 
what was it? The uh, infection that was so bad that they had to keep him in the ER for two weeks. <laughs> what did you do? They, uh, they invented was, a new. They named a virus after me, dude. <laughs> there was such so a good much, neurosis kind of guy. Yeah. Heroin Bob that hates needles and the German that just has the big ass gun and kills people. Oh and yeah, you know. dude. Uh, Stiegel was that his name? Yeah. Stiegel from uh, from uh, Glorious Bastards. He, I think he's also in Heavyweights. I Hans. think he's Hans from Heavyweights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, but uh, there's a whole movie in there. The the compact disc. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's like the size of a record. Yeah, no one knows how he's rich or whatever, but he's just mm-hmm. rich. You know, I just prefer CDs. Some yeah. people think the audio cassette is good, but and the CDs are too expensive. But I go with the compact discs. Dude, I mean, um. <laughs> Not exactly him, of course, but, like, the way that the storytelling worked, that's what I'm talking about, the authenticity. Like, I've been there where I had to sit for two hours and listen to a guy so I can get some acid. Like, I've been there. It's very, very real. So, here's the thing. I literally wrote, this movie explains a lot of Josh to me. Yeah. Like, so intense on being unique and not a poser. And I'm like, I feel like this movie, like, really burnt itself into Josh's brain. Like, no, if I go too far in this direction, I'm a poser. And (laughs) That's that's for real, dude. I mean, no joke. There's a lot. But I love that Bob hates needles. Mm -hmm. And then Bob's dad. And you find out a lot about Bob when you meet Bob's dad and why Bob is the way Bob is. And it's it, Bob's story is a sad one. It's not a happy one because Bob discovers that he is in love and he discovers he's in love at just the worst possible time to discover you're in love. Uh, Matthew Lillard is good. I love that Matthew Lillard meets, what was her name? Naomi? No, Brittany. What was her name? Mustache. The girl, the 19 the year old girl. Yeah. The mustache. carnivore. No, the girl he falls in love with. Like, yeah. She's like asking uh, why he dresses punk. I forgot her name. Yeah, it was like Brandy or something like that. Yeah. But that was great. The scene was who was that? I didn't look up the full cast. Was that um uh Janine Garofalo? I don't think so. No? No. The one, I don't think like so. you know the girl I'm talking about, right? The one that he was originally like with? Oh no, yeah. no, that's not Janine Garofalo, no. Okay. So I didn't look up the whole cast. Overall, I I I even wrote popcorn and one, maybe popcorn and two. I'm wavering back and forth. It was a good movie. It was fun. I love Matthew Lillard. So let's go popcorn and two. Jordan, over to you. Yeah, a lot of great recognizable faces. Very young, you know, Jason Siegel. You guys mentioned Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more in there. Uh, yeah, Jason Siegel is just an odd, funny yeah. character that he just fits in with all these guys because he's just this got this untapped rage inside of him <laughs> that he's just ready to just. Frankenstein knock people out. Can you just hold on just a second? I've got to go handle something. Yeah. <laughs> Takes off his glasses. And the whole story about him with the uh, knocking out cars, windows. Yeah. yeah. Where the vehicles look with the windows. <laughs> yeah. Just every, I love how um, every character just has their like super funny quirk yeah. that, you know, you Very really rich. like getting to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, horrible bald cap. In the the scene with the parents, which is a great scene where they're talking about him going to school, but he's got the big tall mohawk and he's just got yeah. a horrible, horrible bald cap on. I didn't notice like, that. It was all weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's different colors in some parts. <laughs> I I couldn't figure out where this movie was going. Like the opening sequence of it. Like if I hadn't been kind of a captive audience to it, like oh, I have to watch this for Josh so we could talk about this. I would. Ju- I was just like. 
what what would I be watching right now? Like, what I, I was thinking to myself, like, would I have been able to stick with it long enough mm. to get like to get into like the charm of the movie? You know, well, your time a little bit by a couple years, maybe. Yeah, it was a bit much, but I was you, in. You faded into like rap culture. You were never really into punk culture. I think well, you're just young enough to really go into. Well, everyone's a little like, yeah. more rap. Everyone's a little. I was a. Like, I was aware. Yeah. I was aware of punk culture, but I I was I think you I was young enough. It. Yeah, I was young enough to be like, this is kind of weird. It's not my thing. It's a little yeah. too far out there for me. A little too far out there. You know, I'm a little bit of a conformist. <laughs> if you will, don't go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Only posers die, man. <laughs> Only posers die. <laughs> Oh, uh, my favorite scenes uh, throughout the movie was definitely Devin Sawa, uh, who you know I wish was in things now still you know from he's, he's in Chucky he's in the TV oh, show is it, uh, well is that really uh, something he's the LSD kid is that really something yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like American Horror Story light no, yes no. he is he's the whacked out lsd kid and um i like his his scene where he's like hey man what are you up to it's like dude i'm a freaking beggar now it freaking sucks <laughs> and i love when he just hard dude that whole scene was acted out really well yeah it's it's funny but it's really you know sad but i love that the i tried to get a job man at a women's clothing store oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like she's like have you ever you know done he's like Am I wearing women's clothing? No, what am I? Uh, yeah, I can't say that word, but... Why would I be here if I already work in women's retail? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. He just tells her off, and she's totally like, maybe I am a poser. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's funny. I, you know what? It's a super entertaining... It's just maybe it's, yeah, a little over my head, just personally. So I would give it a popcorn and one as well. Poppy yeah. one. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, it definitely popped in my head, and yeah, you're right, Fry. Like, it very much fed into me calling people posers and such because I I bought into it, you know. And that was the pretentious way to do it. Like, as an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, I was like full of crap, just like he was full of crap, and he realized it, but I didn't realize it. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Anyway, good movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. What else was fun, Jordan? What were you watching this week? So I got my holiday movies in. Um, you know, I may or may not have talked about a few of these. I think we had, when we started this, we were about a week left of December-ish. Last mm -hmm. couple weeks of December. So, you know, if I mention some of these, I'll keep them brief. I watched Deck the Halls with <laughs> uh, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. Mm -hmm. A super oh. bad movie right off the bat. Popcorn. It's a popcorn movie, but it's just got really funny, uh, good lines. It's just it's a feel good movie. Um, you know, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. They go to war over uh, Danny DeVito's over the top Christmas display. He's kind of a you know he's got a, you know a little man syndrome complex and Napoleon complex that he admits to in the movie. I'm not trashing Danny DeVito. I love Danny DeVito, uh, but he. <laughs> Wants to be known. He wants to be his Christmas light display to be seen from space. And uh, Matthew Broderick's just a little uptighty whitey, and he wants to. Uptighty whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. He, want... <laughs> he wants to um, stop that for some reason. For some reason, he just doesn't like it. It's too loud. It's too bright. When you know, it's like, dude, come on. It's 
there's there's common ground to be found here, but they both just want to be stubborn jerks to each other. Uh, a lot of familiar faces in this movie. Uh, it, it, the, the conclusion is horrible. They, it, they ultimately settle their beef more or less. They decide the way they're going to settle their beef is in a ridiculous ice skating race competition in the middle of town that just plays out horribly on mm-hmm. screen. You're just like, no. Um, <laughs> Wait, like Johnny Tsunami style? Like, yes. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but worse, but not, not even as good as those, honestly. Okay. Yeah, really bad. Um, it's it's one of, it's it's one of the worst movies in my my yearly rotation, if not the worst. But it's short, and like I said, has funny bits. Uh, it's a popcorn. A popcorn. A popcorn. Next, I watched Elf, which we all know. I love you. Elf I love you. With... I love you. <laughs> yes, Will Ferrell. <laughs> this is one of those movies that you can watch outside of. December and holiday time, and it still has that same effect. Uh, you know, so many just quotable, great scenes. Yeah, but this is a movie that I didn't understand the first few times I watched it, especially as a kid. I didn't get this movie at all when I was younger, and it first came out. Um, I didn't get the appeal, I didn't get who the audience for it was. It was kind of like a Napoleon Dynamite esque thing, but I think it took even longer for me to really buy into this movie. And now it's you know it's one of my favorites. It's it's great. Uh, I like I like any scene where he's in the toy shop. No, mm-hmm. he's like why are you smiling? Smiling's my favorite. No, make work. Work is your favorite now. It's like no, nah, no singing nah. in the North Pole. <laughs> it's a nonstop movie, nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Artie Lang as Santa Claus. You're not you're not Santa. You smell like beef and cheese. Do you want to die? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this movie is the movie where I like fell in love with Zoe Deschanel. Well, I was like, See, yeah. I so said great. she annoys me in this movie super hard <laughs> with her weird, weird monotone thing. I think she's one of the things that when I originally watched this, that it, she kept constantly took me out of the mm-hmm. the wonder that the 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 environment that they're building throughout this movie. I kind of felt like she constantly was taking me out of it. Like, why are you so weirdly monotone? And it's clearly just a movie to they put her into where she wanted to show off her singing skills. Yeah, she, did, she, she does have a couple albums. She's actually a good jazz singer. Yeah, no, I'm sure. But you can tell, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, let's just put this girl in to sing some Christmas songs. I don't think they really saw, you know, her film Real. career going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think she was kind of just, you know, hey, good, good on her, though. Uh, the snowball fight, the Peter Dinklage scene, uh, just classic, classic, amazing scenes. Those are two scenes that even when I didn't buy into the movie, I loved those ones. And and what kind of pulled me back in to watch it a couple more times and to eventually really love it. So uh, I give this movie, it's just a ridiculous movie. It's not a great movie, but it's just a, a all time, you know, everyone loves this movie, Popcorn and Two. Okay, perfect. Popcorn popcorn two. I agree with that. Yeah, I reluctantly give it a popcorn and two because I want to give it a three. Reluctant, but reluctant yeah. my foot in your ass. What's next? <laughs> 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 I watched uh, Insidious, The Red Door, starring Patrick... Not exactly a Christmas. Stewart? What's his name? Patrick... Again, I'm... Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Unforg- unforgettable face, unforgettable name. Um, Patrick Wilson, you know, Rose Byrne is in it. It's easy to confuse this franchise with The Conjuring and it and its universe films because that is also Patrick Wilson, I believe, that plays the guy from The Conjuring, right? You're right. You're Ed right. Warren. 
Um, yeah, it's it's those move. It's almost the same, but just not as good as the Conjuring ones. And you could say, you know, a lot of the, some of the Conjuring ones are not good as well. But it's just two very comparable franchises, and one is very clearly better. I thought um, they were the same. Really? Like as far as how good they were? No, I thought they were the same franchise. Oh, no, they were the same franchise. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to especially with all the branch offs and stuff. It's hard to be like, wait, wait, wait is this one a part of that one or is that one a part yeah, of this yeah, one? Yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, who knew we needed four sequels and a prequel to Insidious Part One? But here we are. Um, they use hypnosis to relieve the trauma of, I believe, the first two movies. The dialogue is terrible. The plot is ex- extremely shallow. Uh, him and his entire family basically suck. His wife, his son, him, his other kids, they all just suck. They're all just sucky. They're a sucky family unit. There's no support. They just, yeah. Um, they're annoying. They're just annoying, yeah. The whole thing is, the whole franchise has basically been a very slow buildup to basically the same uh, plot line as Hodor from Game of Thrones. Gotcha. Dang. Um, with Austin Powers' Daddy Wasn't There song playing in the background. <laughs> That's the whole franchise in a nutshell. But actually a decent ending, decent way to wrap it up that they left it, you know, with some question mark, but also not question mark, we're going to get another movie. It's like, no, it's over, but there's more to, that's going to be happening. That need, That's going to be left unsaid. Uh, I give this a popcorn as well. Popcorn. We got a couple popcorns mixed in there with a popping too. Mm. Yes. Uh, I watched, I finished Rick and Morty season eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this season, I love it. Great show. It's had a kind of a rough couple of last seasons. I thought it was kind of falling off, getting a little too full of itself and a little unoriginal for such an original premise and, you know, animation and all that was so unlike anything you'd seen when it first came out. Um, it was getting a little, uh, tired, but it, I felt like this was a reinvigoration. They, uh, clearly from, if you pay attention to this stuff from the news, Justin Roiland is no longer hands-on in this series. They recast his voice. Uh, first, I graduated from the same high school as Justin Roiland is Sierra high school in Manteca. Um, quick fact for you. Didn't know the guy. I think he graduated the year I came in as a freshman. Yeah. So it's always a good season when the season includes a clip show episode, which you can tell that they hate to do. They hate mm. doing it because they make fun of it and they're so anti it throughout the episode, but that's what makes it so much better. There's a Wes Anderson reference in there that's pretty funny. A reference to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Very right. short, but very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this season had, you know, the humor, the humor, the intelligence, the sci-fi pop culture references and the off-putting weirdness that, you know, every episode, every season has. But, you know, it felt like a more consistent product and a reinvigoration from the last couple seasons. Mm. The worst episode of the season still had a couple funny lines, but, eh, you know, there's some stuff that really was a little bit, you could tell they were like, we need one more episode here, guys. Come on, let's just get it done. We need to make this money, baby. <laughs> yeah, we need to move on past this Justin Roiland stuff, and we need to just mm-hmm. get a season out there. Um, there but go. it's, the, 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 the show is still a far, a far cry from its early glory. It's a popcorn in one this season. Do you know? Do you know if uh, Dan Harmon's still attached to it as a writer? I'm not sure. I don't know if he's as a writer. I, th- I believe so. I believe in the credits you see that. Yes. Mm. Um, but it's like it's, it's it's yeah yeah he's good. 
also got his back some baggage too as well. Um, clearly, if you, this show is just a little coming from the two minds of you know, you clearly see like these are some guys with some baggage. Um, you know, the Justin Roiland thing is complicated. There's no saying what he actually did or how much of it, but you know, there's always <clears throat> there's some smoke. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So. Um, but still love the show. I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't let it go despite any of that. So, uh, next, next I watched, uh, Trevor Noah, where was I, his new standup special on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's an intellectual humor and I appreciate his rant about, you know, contested history about how in countries such as Germany, you know, they, they don't embrace, but they are not uncomfortable acknowledging their history with, you know, Nazis and all that. You know, they say, hey, we did this. We're sorry. We're going to spend the rest of forever pretty much just trying to show that we're not those people. We're not going to allow that to happen. No, I didn't mean like in a sense like it's they're not afraid of it conversationally mm-hmm. or, you know, that they're. But, yeah, in the education system and whatnot, they don't try to ease that information to them you know they just kind of present it like oh you know this happened you had nothing to do with it you know and then he compares that to the way that we look at in america you know like slavery and things how they kind of you know the south they kind of try to uh you know give whitewash the the narratives yeah 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 in the textbooks yeah that was uh i've really appreciated and liked that um that section of his thing uh, but you know, there's there's a lot of that, a lot of his political humor and all that. But there's no shortage of poop and pee jokes as well. He, he ties in the he ties in the caveman humor. Uh, he's got a lot of original takes on a lot of topics. But you know, you feel some of them have just been too thoroughly picked over. Like, what do you have to add to this subject? Um, and he kind of rambles on a, a little bit too long on some of these subjects. And so it's not. It starts off kind of strange. And uh, yeah, like I said, he meanders a bit. It's not his best work, but it's it's enjoyable. It's good. It's worth a watch, I guess. But it's a popcorn in one. It's a pop in one. Okay. Hmm. And that's it for me. That's nice, it, dude. People? That's it for me. Big you long give list. It all you got. Yeah. Um, so on to me. I watched everything from last week. I know I was away. I was uh, on a little Christmas vacation to all the Christmas markets in Germany. So I, re- like I said at the beginning of the show, I really appreciate the cover. But I did watch Chicken Run, Don of the Nugget, and I was very confused as to why Molly wasn't the Nugget. Like, mm. what? Why don't you make Molly the Nugget? She's their little Nugget. She's their little baby. Why? Right. And why doesn't Molly, if you know chickens, why doesn't Molly have brothers and sisters? Why aren't there lots of eggs that were laid? Yeah. Why did she only have one egg? Why are we humanizing this? Let's just have lots of little Oh, that's the part that didn't make sense of this movie? The part that didn't make sense was that? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the heist scene they just slapped together with all these tools and, and items and we don't know air balloon? Chickens are, Josh. Do you even chicken? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it was a popcorn for me. Like Jordan said, this was a sequel that no one was really asking for. I, mean, I think maybe it's you got a litter box, right? And they're trying to kick the kitty litter over Mel Gibson's version a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, let's get Mel Gibson's version out of here a little bit. Mm. <laughs> so it was fine. Uh, the characters were fine, but it was definitely a popcorn. Yeah. I think that the claymation was good. Like Jordan said, it, it, it's very Wallace and Gromit, but it's come quite a bit of ways. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nonsensical parts of this movie, like Josh alluded to. Overall, it was fun. It's hard to get past the rooster not being them. The voice was bad. And uh, I'm it was just a Zachary Levi of um, well, Zachary Levi can just go back to Shazam and stop voicing chickens. 
Now, we also had Apocalypto, which is damn, damn, such a good movie. Like, I watched it again. I was like, I for, I'm like watching it getting emotional again. Like, I forgot how good this movie was, right? Mm-hmm. I am Jaguar Paw. Yeah. <laughs> my father hunted in this forest before me, and my sons will hunt in it with their sons after me. When he falls over the side of the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, B.A., lots of cool scenes, like, mm-hmm. including the waterfall scene where the guy, like, smashes his head, the snake bite scene. Uh, you do feel bad. I felt bad that you guys didn't bring up the hazing. Like, they put in a little hazing scene yeah. in this. Yeah, like, yeah. boys will be boys, right? Hunters yeah. will be hunters. And he convinces him to rub some uh, stingy sensation stuff on his genitals. <laughs> and you know, yeah. like, you don't have to see it, but you can tell where the mouth was. Because yeah. she's washing out her mouth. And he's, like, sitting in the deal. And he's crying and laughing at the same time. Like, it was good. There, there was a lot of fun scenes in this movie. Uh, it was fantastic. This movie's great. The action's great. The fight scenes are great. Uh, Jaguar Paw should have died about 70 times due to his wounds, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, a lot of stumbling around. It is such yeah. a just fun in general. movie. And the Elder's Tale tells so much about where we're at, and I just wish we'd... I just wish we'd listen. I listen wish we would listen father. to people. Like, not yeah. just that. Like, Josh, like, I just wish we'd listen to people be like, yo, like, why are we, why is it a dick measuring contest to go to war all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it always have to be this? Why can't we just work together and stop trying to let people that are 40 years older than us try to see whose dick is bigger and we keep dying and we're going to kill the earth and we're all going to die. Our kids aren't going to survive because we can't listen is really mm-hmm. the main thing. Like, just listen and yeah. you'll be like, hey, yo stuff's kind of messed up and you can fix it if you just listen and that was a big message in the elder story is like hey pay attention to your surroundings pay attention to the way the world moves don't be too greedy you can't take and take and take until the earth has nothing left to live because you'll still be sad and there will be nothing left for the earth to give Mm -hmm. so that's where we're at i love Mm -hmm. that movie i give it a uh you know a pop and three that movie is fantastic perfect film choice jordan thanks rebel moon uh, there's a very weird scene at the beginning of Rebel Moon where the antagonists, again, we don't know anyone's story, but they're the villains. We're led to believe that these are the villains, land on uh, this tribe's planet, this tribe's moon. And they immediately say, let me give you a greeting of a warm embrace. And I thought, this is so weird. Who does this? Who greets? Like, and it's, a, it's legit a hug, guys. Like, mm-hmm. he greets him with a hug. And mm-hmm. it's a soldier, like an admiral. And I'm like, this is so awkward. <laughs> like, and I, I felt like the other character would feel like, so, so I, I guess we're on a hug basis. We're hugging now. All right. <laughs> like, is it, is it like a bro? Is it a bro hug or like a full double arm embrace? Or is it like a double arm embrace? He double arm and he like gives him a little right on the cheek. Oh. Right on the cheek. Belly button. Yes. And I, I was yeah. like, what, what is happening to this movie, Zack Snyder? But. Overall, I like actually enjoyed it. I wanted to hate it. I went into it wanting to hate the movie. Like I did not want to like it at all. Mm. And I watched. It, I was like, this isn't a terrible movie. Like it's not amazing, but it's not as visually stunning as Dune. But it's more mm. entertaining. You have the obligatory recruiting of badasses, right? And when you're recruiting the badasses, you got to see how the badasses function. And each badass has a great story behind them. It, mm. it was overall a fun movie. I gave it a pop plus one. I would love to give it a pop plus two. I want to see the sequel. Uh, it's yeah. actually one where I'm not dreading the sequel. It was fun. It was a fun movie. Go ahead, Jordan. 
Oh, I'm saying I will. I really want to watch this movie, and I will probably immediately go watch this movie when we sign off here. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Great. went into it not wanting to like it, and you know, I'm just kind of like, it's not bad. Like, I mm. I can't not like Zack Snyder, even though you were like the four hour just like didn't need to be that long. I if I had cut it through this one hour episodes for four episodes, it's mm-hmm. not a terrible show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Zack Snyder actually puts good work in. Like, it's not yeah. bad. It's not amazing. He's not going to win an Oscar, but it's not bad, and it's kind of entertaining. And that I was need you movie. to cut my steak for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, overall, like I said, a pop and one. I would love to give it a pop and two. It just wasn't quite there, but it was entertaining. Uh, I had a good time. I had very low expectations, and it went above those expectations. Uh, next, I watched Maestro, starring Bradley Cooper, who is leading right now. If you follow goldderby.com, He's leading the best actor race. Mm. He's just ahead of Leo. I don't agree. I think uh, he's good. He's good in the movie, but as he gets older, the the voice changes, and it's it's hard. It's difficult. The story's really good, and it's really fun. And if you know the story behind Leonard Bernstein, there's some scenes that you know are going to happen if you know his story. And I was like, I know this scene's going to happen, and it still made me cry. And I was so mad about it. Mm. I was like, I knew this was going to happen. I know his story. Why am I tearing up? And it was because they did they did a very good job. I think, uh, gosh, can you guys uh, look this up for me? Look up the actress's name for me so I can uh, call her it's out. Carrie something. Uh, Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, she's going to win Best Actress above mm. Lily from, um, from uh, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. She's going to win it. She's fantastic. The way she deals with Leonard Bernstein being uh, bisexual, but his proclivities with other men. Uh, the way she did it, her facial expressions, man, she just crushes it in the moment. And when they finally address the situation, the way she acts out her emotion in the scene, her ability to pull something from her stomach and put it on screen was just phenomenal. And I was like, okay, she's going to win. Whereas Lily Gladstone uh, was really just very good at being like very stoic and measured and played mm. out in her uh, portrayal in Killers of the Flowered Moon. I thought Keller, Carrie Mulligan just gave everybody what they wanted. But Bradley Cooper, again, the voice, it, it threw me off as he aged. The story's very good. I think it's going to be obviously in our top five. And what this movie showed me was this Oscars is going to be heavy on the stories of oppressed women, right? Because Lily Gladstone, think about that character in Killers of the Flower Moon. Oppressed woman, used, abused, her family's murdered. Barbie in your face in your face with like stop treating women like this right like they just throw in your face oppenheimer womanizer notorious uh and you have two florence Pugh and gosh help me out what's the other actress's name emily blunt emily blunt in that movie are going to be up for academy awards both of them for their Mm. scenes and then you have Emma Stone, who's leading the race on GoldDerby.com for Best Actress. And her whole story is female Frankenstein, five-year-old brain, sexually abused, and trafficked. Like, mm-hmm. it is the Oscars of oppressed, of oppressed women in this year. And mm. I'm very interested to see what happens and see how they play it. Because that every movie that wins is going to have that storyline. Every That's single film that wins this year. And if you don't believe me, go look it up, everyone. Go look up at goldderby.com. You're more than welcome to. But like, yeah, do your own research, bro. Do your own research, bro. But yeah, it's crazy. When I was going through each each movie, I was like, dang, each movie is has like a very 
uh, wake up. Women have been oppressed for a very long time and we need to recognize this and we need to correct this ship. Like it's, it's over and we're going to start pointing it out and we're going to put it in your face over and over again until you acknowledge it. Uh, it was a good movie. It's a pop two for me. Uh, there's a couple quotes. I see it right there next to Hitler's bombing of Poland is <laughs> Leonard Bernstein's first ever review when he was 25 years old. And wow. that was a, a colleague kind of throwing shade at him getting like a very well-received review of his first ever, um, his first ever chance to run an orchestra. Mm. All right. The also she gives him the Carrie Mulligan gives him, and don't forget that you're male. And he goes, I never do in regards to his accomplishments. And that's another thing like, Hey, recognize that being a male does come with privilege. Like you're going to have an easier time overcoming things than a female would, or you're, mm -hmm. you're not even going to have to overcome a hurdle than a female. would. So it's, it's very good. It's hard to decide. Is this the story of Leonard Bernstein? Is this a love story? Is this a trouble of a troubled artist slash genius? Overall, it's definitely Oscar bait. It's filled with tons of things that are going to get recognized and it tells Leonard Bernstein's secret that wasn't so secret. Mm. Okay. So popcorn and two for me, really, really good movie. Josh, what were you watching? What I was watching? Well, um, Merry Christmas to all. Uh, this uh, aired, it, it has uh, come and passed, and now we're getting into New Year's. So I just got my last Christmas movies in. I'm sad I didn't get to watch Bad Santa because that's one of my tippy tops. And like you said, Jordan, that's one of the movies you can watch all year long. But what I did watch yeah. was um, The Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm not used to watching this one. I like to watch the one with George C. Scott. I think it was in the early 90s or late 80s. But this one, Muppets Christmas Carol, I've seen it a bunch. Everyone's seen it a bunch. Everyone knows it's a popcorn and two most likely for you. It's great. It has it has the heartfelt. It has incredible puppet work, incredible scene design or setting design. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine oh, is yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, yeah. Good. He played it straight. He played it well. Song's good. I, I, I like to. I, I'm interested in Christmas Carol because it's a great story. Everyone knows, but like the, the the way that different versions of it harp on different things. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the Ghost of Christmas Present being that nice. He was really mean in the one that I'm used to. Anyway, uh, so popcorn too, whatever. Another one that's uh, another whatever. Jim Carrey, Grinch, uh, mm -hmm. Ron Howard film. Everyone knows it's great. It wasn't well received yeah. at first, but then everyone saw it again, and then was like, oh, yeah, this is an incredible film. It might be the most Christmas film ever. It's great. I watched it as well. I just, just forgot to mention it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I've said this in, on a past episode. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I feel like Jim Carrey deserves a retroactive Oscar for this his role in this film. I don't know what category, not best actor, but just some kind of just it's he it was played like this hair and makeup, didn't it? But just he deserves for him playing this role. Yeah, Only I mean, yeah, fantastic. Him... He deserves some kind of recognition for his his yeah. portrayal in this movie he should just okay. go ahead and get a, like two lifetime achievement awards just because of this movie it's yeah. it's really well done really yeah. well done there's not much yeah. else you need to say about it it's great so i'm gonna move Pop on three. Pop one and three um yeah. another movie not received well probably still not received well was the willy wonka johnny depp version now i saw this in theaters with a lot of people and like everyone else i'm like what was that that was odd but um, I, I rewatched it just because it was on TV. It's pretty good, dude. Like, I hate to say it. Like, it's, it's, 
<laughs> I mean, I, I I wouldn't compare it to Gene Wilder. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in the same boat, but it's it's similar to the children's book, which is the source material. And Johnny Depp's version of whatever kind of character he was playing, he did a great job of being that weirdo. I didn't like I, there's so much I didn't like about it, but everything I did like was like it was pretty funny at parts. It was really entertaining at parts. It's, I would never watch it again, so I'm going to give it a popcorn still. But, ah, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. That was pretty good, you guys. Uh, <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I got this year. Or this, yeah, this year, huh? It is my drunk classic, but Josh guessed it, so I changed it. Uh, he said yeah. it before the show started. And I was like, dang, he guessed that real quick. What yeah, was it? Ch- chasing Amy is what it was gonna be. Oh, <laughs> that's your favorite Kevin Smith. It's one of my favorite Kevin Smith films. Jesus Christ! Can I have more than one? Anyway, uh, I've got a Kevin Smith movie in the chamber. It might be next. I'm all right. So, so I decided to go with a couple of the movies. I'm I'm still torn. So this is gonna be like a split decision right now. Who was your first ever celebrity crush, Jordan? First ever? Yes. Mm. Uh, Melissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny. Wow, an wow. older one. Good for yeah, you, nice sir. Love her. Matures. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Josh, what was your first ever celebrity crush? Yeah, I love Marissa Tomei. Don't get me wrong. She's amazing. She's still amazing. She still looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, not that we should be... Never mind. Delete that, please. <laughs> Josh! <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you for sure, but Marissa Tomei is no. on the short list. I'm, I don't remember exactly. No. I'm not letting you out. Who was the first celebrity? It could be a singer... It could be an actress. I mean, Ariel like from Little Mermaid like, when I was four. I was in nope, love with her. Nope, stop it. You're copping out. Give me the real one. Stop it. <laughs> I'm trying to think, bro. I remember I was yeah. crazy about Mandy Moore, but that was early. Or that was later okay, in life. There we go. So, Mandy uh, Moore works. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley and Bedazzled. Yeah, mm. that Elizabeth Hurley. Awesome powers. Great. But that's, you're, you're going a little bit younger. You're, you're, you're swerving into your direction. Josh Heather Graham. Mm. So. Heather Graham. Yeah, <laughs> but I will take Mandy Moore. I'm missing you like candy. Came out when Josh and I were in like sixth, seventh grade. So oh, I forgot I about that song. Yeah, yeah, I will accept that one. That one's okay. Uh, so my first ever celebrity crush, I boiled this down, was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt mm-hmm. was the first celebrity I was ever like. I think I love that person. And I was like I'm eight, nine, ten years old. <laughs> like, like I watched the uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt movie and puberty hit. It was weird, mm. <laughs> but but I was I was I was rifling between two, right? Because I believe that the film House Arrest was the first film where I saw her, and I was like, I think I love that girl, right? And yeah. she's the crush in House Arrest. But okay. instead of doing that one, these Ooh. movies are not well received, by the way. I'm going to do, these are not like critically acclaimed successes. I just wanted to key in on my celebrity crush. I'm going with Trojan War. The Trojan War starring Jennifer Love Hewitt from 1997. Because that was the first movie that my mother let me watch because she knew I had a huge crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. But she knew there was no nudity in it. So she didn't see any harm in it. So my mother let me watch the Trojan War film from 1997 starring Jennifer Love Hewitt because she knew I had a huge crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. Is this like a teen Ooh. comedy? Yeah. Will Friedle, okay. like him. There you go. He's funny. So guys, like I said, it's not a critical success. It's a teen comedy, 1997, 10 Things I Hate About You style. 
but mm. I, I think it's fun. I think you guys are going to get to discover, wow, that was Fry's type and when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, was, I was always wondering who, who you're into when you were 10. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> That's why I picked this movie. You took Chasing Amy from me, so I took Your Wonderment from you. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, of course, we have our butter on top this week, which is going to be Ferrari. That was my best version of a Ferrari. 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 It felt like it fell flat. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Enzo Ferrari, and uh, this is how I talk. Let's, let's make <laughs> a car. driver, as Josh is doing now. Uh, we hope you join us at the movies. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jordan, where can they reach us? At Popcorn and Beer on X. On X. Instagram, Twitter coming soon. Remember, you bring the popcorn and we'll bring the beer. We'll see you at the movies. Thanks so much.